Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. We're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 10. So if you want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and we're going to look at Mary and Martha. Heath drew us a picture of Martha. Um working in the kitchen and kind of looking over her shoulder wondering, what is my sister doing? Boy, she needs to get over here. That's what we're going to look at today. Luke chapter 10. I'll read the verses for us. Verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Our Father in heaven, as we gather, Speak to our hearts. Help us to see into your heart. May we, like Mary, listen attentively. Not because we have a religious duty, but because that you speak to us, each and every one of us, in ways that are specific to us. May we be ready to receive and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, usually when you get the opportunity to look at the Martha and Mary story, by the end of the whole sermon, the pastor's going to ask you, are you Martha or Mary? And I think most of us will probably answer Martha because, at least in our culture, there's a lot of activity, a lot of things that we're always doing. If you have children, you're running from soccer game to music lessons to after-school activities to get them ready for bed and all the other stuff. And so we feel like Martha. And then most of us will go home feeling guilty by the simple fact that we aren't like Mary, making a commitment to be more like Mary, and then finding out that it really doesn't last that long. I want to spare you that. It's not going to happen at the end of the message, and I'm not doing it at the beginning of the message so that you can feel guilty throughout the whole message, hopefully that you'll listen better. But just that I don't think necessarily that this is a comparison story, but a story with a greater or bigger picture. Now, I have never owned a business. So what I'm about to share with you is my own personal thinking. If it is warped and misguided and you have owned a business, please come forward later and say, I'm glad you're not in business because you don't have a clue. But what I think the biggest priority for any person who owns a business is cash flow. And and what I mean by that is you have to have money to run your business. You can have a good strategy, but if you don't have cash flow, what is your strategy going to do you? Not a whole bunch, right? And if you have a great product, but you don't have any cash flow to make that product or get it out there, you're in a difficult spot. Now, the priority, I think, then, for any business is cash flow. Yes? No? Business members? John Park, you want to say 
I'm a f- like you're smiling because I'm right. No, he says I'm not right. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> I'm going to say cash flow. He, what does he know? He owns a business. Cash flow, it's a priority, but you can't just have money to burn. You have to have strategy and a good product as well. And I think really what we're going to see, hopefully here in the end, is that there is a priority in following Christ, but there are other things that are very important and needed as well. So let's look at our story. I'm going to kind of go through our story, explain what it is. Uh, Then I'm going to say what it's not, and then we're going to get back to what it is. Verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, uh, Stefan, if you want to pull this up, this is a, not a story about this Martha. Although it's kind of like ironic, isn't it? Uh, or this Mary. All right, there you go, little Lord of the Rings. So it's not that Martha and Mary. Okay, it wasn't really that good. That one was a bomb. Fair enough. But the picture here is, or the context of the story, is that Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. And he's just told the parable of the Samaritan here, as we see in our context. And he's come to this place where he's joined Martha and Mary in their house. And in verse 38, when it says that Martha opened up her home to him, there is a sort of of an excitement, like I am really enthusiastic about the fact that Jesus is coming to our home and he's going to be here. And as we've already read the story, you kind of get the idea that Martha has really gone beyond the normal of what it means to invite a guest into your home and to feed them and take care of them, sort of provide for them. Because she has just gone really, 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 really far out there and making these preparations and doing all of these things for Jesus because she's really happy that he has come to her house. And I think that's like a lot of us. Well, for instance, this week we had, uh, or last, not all week, but yesterday we had our uh, friend party for our daughter Kaylee. And uh, my wife all week just goes beyond what a person I think is supposed to go beyond in preparing for people. But she's happy to have people come over to the house. She wants them to come over to the house, and she wants them to enjoy themselves. So she goes well beyond what is normal. Now, if I threw the party, we'd be making plans Friday night, ordering pizza Saturday morning, and getting the drinks from Jewel. You know what I mean? So my wife, in that Martha sort of spirit, goes beyond what you're supposed to, because in a sense, for Martha... She's really happy Jesus has come. In a similar way, if someone important like, say, a Billy Graham or President Obama were coming over to your house, you're not going to get Oscar Mayer hot dogs, right? Even if you got them from Dominic's. It doesn't make a difference. There's going to be a little bit of, of, of going out and beyond because someone special has come to your house. Now, while Martha's doing all of these things, what is her sister Mary doing? It says here in verse 39, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. I mean, you're not listening at my feet, but you are hopefully listening. You may be sitting there thinking about what you want to do this afternoon, or you might be thinking, like, I'm so glad he's speaking because this will end faster. I'm not really sure what you're thinking, but hopefully you're listening. She was listening attentively. Now, I don't know if you've ever had this as a 
uh, if you've invited people over to your home as a spouse kind of thing, where one spouse is doing all the work and the other one is hanging around with the guests and being friendly and making sure everybody's taken care of. But I can imagine that it would be very frustrating. Here you are doing all of these things and you look over and there's the person like this. This is awesome. This is great. And you're working and you're working. And I think initially maybe Martha was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll serve and, and she can do what she you know, wants to do and all that other stuff. But, you know, maybe after 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes or an hour, I mean, that is it, man. Get up and help. And this is how frustrated she is. Look what happens. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. In other words, there's a lot of things that need to be cooked. And she came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now picture the scene. Here's Jesus sitting down, sharing truth, sharing God's word, speaking to people. Mary is listening. And in the middle of this, while everyone else is around listening, Martha comes up and says, whoa, Jesus, hello, have you not noticed what I am doing? And have you not noticed that she's also a part of this household and she's not doing anything? Don't you care? Which is not necessarily the nicest thing to say to Jesus, right? Like, don't you care? But don't you care that I'm doing all of this and she's doing nothing? Can you please tell her right now to get up and help me do all this work? She's a little frustrated. She's got distracted. And... Listen to Jesus' reply. Not, Martha, Martha, what's wrong with you? You interrupted me. Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset by many things, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But only one thing is needed right now. That's a little parenthesis. Only one thing is needed right now, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So that's the context. That's the story. Hopefully that's the picture that you have in mind. Now, what I want to say, what this story is not about, this story is not about worshiping God is the only thing that we should be doing. Which kind of goes back to that Martha and Mary thing, right? Because everyone thinks that by the end of this story, the pastor should say you should be like Mary and you should always be worshiping God and you should always be at his feet. And it's kind of one of those things that when we listen to John Piper who says missions exists because worship does not, that we get confused because John Piper isn't saying everybody gather in your holy huddle and worship God. And as you worship God, you will see that people will come to your building. The old build it and they will come. And as you continue to worship God and your hands are raised, people will come in and they'll go, wow, this is really cool. This is neat. And then they'll raise their hands and then they'll find God too. That is not what this story is about. Now, historically, it's happened. People have gone by church buildings, come in and become followers of Christ. But Jesus did not say, just worship me. But he said, go, therefore. So, don't walk away from this story thinking that what we're supposed to learn from this is that we should always be worshiping and not serving. There's a danger in serving because if you look again at verse 41, Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. 
the inconsequential, the preparing of food here. But it's still important. But only one thing is needed right now. See, what the story is not about is that service is bad either. Because a lot of us look at this and say, oh, Martha is such a bad person. She just doesn't get it. Why is she so confused? I mean, if I were there, I'd be like Mary because, you know, time is running out and, and you got to listen to Jesus. But you know what? Nobody knows time is running out except Jesus. And the truth is, if you don't have Martha's in your life and in your church, who's going to do the work? Let's play pretend. Today, what I want you to do, man, if we could do this, can you take all the food out of here? We're not going to have refreshments today. And I want to see when everyone gets up, when you see all those chocolate-covered strawberries leaving, I want to see when everyone goes up, go, wow, I'm so glad we have all Mary's here today, right? No, we're going to be, I'm so glad the Marthas were here today to prepare something for this. So the story is not about serving is bad either. Ultimately, what I want us to see that the story is about is priorities. Priorities. In my view... A business needs cash flow. If you don't have cash flow, you can't do anything else. That is the number one priority, to make the money so that you can stay in business and keep going and going and going. In the same way, I think the main priority of anyone who follows Jesus is to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to what he has to say and how he leads and guides and comforts and encourages and sometimes rebukes. But it is not left there. Because when we really enter into worship, like Isaiah the prophet did when he saw God and he said, wow, you are God, you are holy, 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 you are the greatest. And woe is me for I am unclean. When all is said and done, when God cleansed his lips, then God said, who am I supposed to send? Isaiah said, send me. That is what John Piper means. See, when we enter into worship and we see God for who he is, it is hard for us to stay where we're at and not do something in the end. So the priority ultimately is to sit at the feet of Jesus and to really understand what he's saying to us so that then we, who have worshipped, will go out and do what is right. You see, because worship is not just what we do here on Sunday. It's what we do with our lives. See, that's the confusion because sometimes we think that, wow, if I just sit at the feet of Jesus, I have worshipped. Worship is when you go to work and you give your best for Christ, not just your boss, but also your company and your coworkers and everybody else. It's a moment of worship. It's when you go home and maybe you cut the grass or do the dishes or whatever it is. Worship is not just an event like I would fear that we would see here, but the totality of our lives. So <coughs> what is this about? Let's go back to this. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. What's going on here is that Mary has become distracted. The idea where initially she embraced or was excited about the prospect of Jesus being in her house, she has now become encumbered or pulled away or dragged away. It's kind of the picture of where you see someone 
desires something, but is then being pulled by somebody else to be pulled away. It's kind of like in those movies or TV shows when you see somebody, um, you, you have your two uh, protagonists are there and the antagonists, they, they drag one person away because they're going to take him in the back room and beat him or kill him or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about? And they're going, oh, help me, save me, help me. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And so Martha's being dragged away by these distractions where she really wants to be with Jesus. I mean, she loves serving. It's really cool. But she's being dragged away by these distractions of making sure that when Jesus leaves, he turns to Martha and goes, girl or sister or whatever they would say back then. That was good food. That's the best food I've had in a long time. Because, you know, when you travel, you don't get a lot of good food. But that's not what Jesus is concerned about. So she is dragged away and distracted by all of this. And she's absolutely missing the point of what Jesus wants to get across her, which is found in verse 41. It's pretty simple. You are worried and upset by many things, but only one thing is needed right now. So the question is, what is it that was needed right now? I don't know or want to say that specifically it was worship, which is not to say that worship wasn't taking place. I don't want us to sit there to think that Mary had her hands raised and she was saying hallelujah and praise the Lord and that they were singing. But I think what was needed was listening to God. And that's what Mary was doing. She was listening to God. Jesus having the whole picture, understanding really what is needed right now is not food. Because in time, food comes and goes. In a sense, literally. But what's really needed is to listen to what I have to say right now. That's what was needed. Jesus wasn't saying, Martha, stop serving us. Your serving is annoying me. Your serving is distracting me. Your serving is ruining this whole party. No, that's not what he was saying. What he's saying is what you have chosen is good, but there is something that is better. And the encouragement that he is giving to Martha is to look for that something better, which is to listen to what I have to say. So that when we leave here today, we don't have to say, you know what, I have to choose between being Martha and Mary, but I can actually leave here and I can be Martha Mary. Does that make sense? I can have a balance. In fact, it probably should be Mary Martha because when we worship and listen to God and he touches our lives, which is what we need, we can then be the Martha that we're supposed to be. Because in a sense, what Jesus is saying here is it's about being someone and then in being someone we are able to do something so he's not saying don't do anything but just sit there and worship but to actually be someone so that when you go and do something it is an expression of worship and bears fruitfulness it's the greatest need that we have i think in our culture today right i know that Pastor Jared mentioned a few weeks ago that one of the things that he likes about Pastor Dave is that he encourages us to take that monthly rest, that time of really just separating ourselves and listening to God, which is a good thing to do. But the encouragement to do that is not so that we can have a non-day off. You know what I mean? Like those pastor guys go away once a month and he takes extra long naps and he reads his books. Or he, you know, that, that's not why we're supposed to go. 
It's to listen to what God has to say to us in the midst of all of our busyness and distractions. Now, I have a problem. I know a lot of you are like, you know, one problem? You have many problems. I know my wife is sitting back there going, boy, let's... But I find myself distracted often. <clears throat> I don't know about you. Does this happen to you sometimes? You'll read your Bible for your quiet time, <coughs> and then you'll close your eyes to meditate more deeply and find yourself 25 minutes later waking up. Does anyone else do that? Am I the only one? Thank you. I appreciate that. When I get up, what do you think I do? Hopefully you're going to say, well, then you get on your knees again and you try praying, right? But no, what I do is I look and go, oh my goodness, time is going by. What I need to do is to get the things done that need to get done right now. And I become Martha forgetting that I really should be Mary because if I am Mary and I am beginning to soak in what God is speaking to me, then I can actually do more fruitful things as a Martha. But instead, I cut out the Mary and I run to the Martha and all it is is like that hamster or that gerbil on that wheel going around and around and around and around. See, Jesus is saying the most important thing you can do is to listen. Listen. Uh, <clears throat> I knew someone the other day who got lost uh, going home. And uh, as they got lost going home... Um, they didn't have the directions on how to get home. Have you ever been lost and you have no idea where you're at when you're driving? And it gets a little bit scary because you're thinking, you know, where am I? How would I turn here? Do I turn here? And you think if I turn off here, I'm going to end up in this really bad neighborhood. And then all these people are going to jump out and beat the daylights out of my car. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get, you know what I'm saying, right? <coughs> so as I'm talking to this person, I was a little scared because I'm afraid where this person is at is, is not a bad neighborhood, but it's like it's out in the boonies. And who knows, you know, like, who's sitting in the cornfields waiting for cars and people to get stranded or something like that. But really how, and this is, and I used, I used my Mac on this with uh, Yahoo Maps and uh, was able to get this person to the place, the home that they needed to be at because I was able to see the directions. If this person hadn't called, hadn't received the directions that they needed, they could still be driving around way out there. But you know what the unfunny, the funny or unfortunate thing about that is? As the followers of Christ, it's exactly what we do, isn't it? We don't call home. We don't listen to Jesus. We just kind of sit there and go, you know what? I, I've got things to do, and I'm just going to do them. And we wander around aimlessly thinking we have a purpose because we call it worship and not really listening to God and what he would have us to do. And I wonder if God was to speak to us today in the midst of our distractedness, in the midst of our Martha-ness, if he would say, wait a minute, slow down. Because you're running this sprint-like marathon, thinking that you're from Kenya and that you're going to run the marathon at four-minute-mile pace type thing. It's not going to happen because you are nothing like that. But what I want you to do is to see clearly the bigger picture of what God wants to do in us and through us, but you have to slow down and listen. And I think many of us, if we actually slowed down and listened, would realize that the way we run our lives or the way that we run our families is so Martha-like, so distracted, 
that it's really missing the purpose of what God wants to do in our lives. Think about it. Do we really need all the things that we have in our lives right now that are distracting us from what is needed most? It's not that I'm telling you, don't take your kids into sports. Don't take your kids to music lessons. Don't do this for your kids or don't do this for yourself. I am not saying that. What I'm saying is, how many of those things are you doing that are actually distracting you from what God wants you to do because you think the only way to be the best parent that I can be is to give my kids everything? And I wonder, and maybe I should ask my own kids, but I wonder how many kids when they go off to college are going to say, you know what, Mom and Dad, I am so glad that you dragged me everywhere. You dragged me to sports camps. You dragged me to music lessons. You dragged me to these extracurricular tours. I'm so thankful that by the time I got into college, I was burned out. Thank you very much. <clears throat> or I wonder if our kids, the only thing that they're really going to remember is, thank you for loving me. Right? Why do we drive ourselves to distraction when the thing that is needed most is to hear from God to actually sit at his feet and listen and get encouragement and comfort and strength and even leading that would make things a lot easier for us if we would just do that and give us the strength we need to do for the things God wants us to do. Now, I don't want to take a survey, but how many of you here today are hurting inside? You are struggling with maybe a life purpose. You are struggling with a tragedy that has happened in your life. You are struggling with a financial crisis or a business crisis, you feel like you may very well be on the point of no return, that place where you're about to break down and lose it all. Wouldn't it be good to sit at the feet of Jesus and let him speak to you? Or would you prefer to run around and do more things and just let the sludge build up in your heart? See, this story isn't saying don't serve God. The story is saying if you're going to serve God, do it with a good attitude, right? Because she was serving God, but it wasn't a good attitude. But she didn't have a bad attitude because she got distracted and lost with the real reason as to why you have Jesus over at your house. Why do you invite Jesus over? Do you invite Jesus over because you want to cook him a good meal? If you're James Park, yeah, maybe. But every one of us, else, well, of course, you know, you, the main reason, too, you want him over is because you want to be with him, of course. But... You don't invite people over to say, I just wanted to let you know I was a good cook. And now that you know that I'm a good cook, get out. <laughs> right? You may want to let people know that you're a good cook, but you invite people to your home because you want to be with them. And she missed it. She got it initially. She was excited. She embraced the fact that she would have Jesus over to her house. And when he came, she got lost in all of her preparations and missed the whole point of just listening to Jesus, listening to God and what he would say to her. Not to make her life easier, because Jesus doesn't speak to us to just 
make your life easier and a lot more pleasant because there are brothers and sisters all over the world that are hearing Jesus and are working through tons of persecution and pain and difficulty and hurt. But to actually experience and know God right where you are at. Not for the purpose of just getting all of God. It's all mine. He's all mine, which is true. But even though he is all yours, he wants all of you to get out there, to give all of yourself to give to all of those who are around you. And that fruitfulness does not happen unless we are first married. And then moving out of that and becoming Martha. See, Jesus doesn't call us to be here on Sunday for 12 hours straight just singing and worshiping. If that was the goal, it would stay there. But his call for us is to see him for who he is. And then when you see him and have embraced that and have, have, have grown in that desire to then go out there and say, this is what I have and what I want to give to you. It's kind of like the new diet program that uh, Pastor Dave is on. I mean, if you've noticed, he's a little overweight lately, right? Yeah, whatever. <clears throat> but he's on this new diet thing because one of his friends in New York said, this works. The guy lost like 20 pounds and he has, has um, kind of like me, that ashboard or washboard, ashboard, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I don't have it. <laughs> but he grabs onto that and now he's, everybody in the office is suddenly, they're doing this biggest loser contest, which of course I'm not in because I know that I was going to lose anyway. But they're doing that because they, they all, because there's an excitement because this is something that I have found and is so good, you have to have it. Because he's experienced it. And that ultimately is what this story is about, where this Mary gets it. She understands it. And she's able to experience Jesus as he's supposed to be experienced. And then what's going to happen is Mary's not just going to sit there. You know, like, it's not like Jesus is going to leave the house and you're still going to have Mary sitting there going, Oh, what great teaching. No. She's going to get up and she's going to serve. And that's what we need in the church. Your Sunday experience is not an opportunity for you to serve more, but to see more of Jesus. And then as he has touched you to go into our world, to be used by God to touch the lives of other people. We need both. We need Mary. We need Martha. And our Martha-ness is enhanced by our Mary. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, whether our earthly fathers have been good to us or have rejected us, you are always good to us and you will never reject us. We are grateful for a love like yours that doesn't treat us like slaves or cattle or objects or things to be used. Instead, you call us to sit at your feet and worship and to listen, to hear your voice, to receive the encouragement or the rebuke, the comfort 
or the strength, the guidance and direction that we need to live our lives in order to follow Jesus more closely. Thank you so much for being a father that wants to do all of that and more for your children. For you have given us everything, every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And one day you will give us that inheritance that we have in Christ. Father, we thank you, though, that as you draw us into worship, that you also send us. Father, we are distracted, really distracted as people. No matter what has been said today, if you are not in it, if we do not get to a place where we hear your voice and respond by learning how to sit at your feet and listen, to let your glory change our lives, then all we are is continuing to run a rat race and not winning. Father, draw us into your presence and send us out in your spirit. Thank you for including us in your kingdom work. And may you bear fruit in us and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.